Now's the perfect time to pursue your master's degree at Ohio Dominican University. ODU's graduate programs in business, healthcare administration, and education can be completed 100% online or on campus. Apply now at ohiodominican.edu slash grad. Welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast, a studio DNA podcast. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at thehorriblemoviepodcast.com. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. You can become a patron of our show and the Studio DNA Network by going to patreon.com slash studio DNA to find out more. Now, here's the show. This fall, Yorkshire Manor. Enter 18th century England into Yorkshire Manor. If you love Downton Abbey, then you'll be enchanted by Yorkshire Manor. Starring Gary Oldman as Esther Yorkshire, the creator of Yorkshire's famous plum pudding and what the Yorkshire fortune was built on. However, Reginald Cragthorpe, famous chocolatier, played by Johnny Depp, will stop at nothing to make Yorkshire's pudding popularity a thing of the past. Ah, Yorkshire pudding is the favorite dessert of all the children for generations from Aberford to Yulton. I'll be goshwoggled if that vile Cragthorpe causes us to be penniless. Well, my chocolate will be the rage of Yorkshire Day, Master. And there's nothing you can do about it. Coming to NBC this fall, it's Yorkshire Manor. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. My name is Jack. Thanks for tuning in. I wanted to start out the show today with that very historically accurate uh, Yorkshire Manor. It's a great new show coming to NBC this fall. Um, again, based on a true story, completely historically accurate. With that said, today's show is going to be a very special episode because I am covering my top 10 most historically inaccurate movies ever this is my opinion like anything else on this show uh you are all always open to have your own opinions your own thoughts anything else you want to have about uh these movies we cover but today is my top 10 most historically inaccurate uh movies uh without further ado uh let's get things going uh i want to start out by saying this give a little caveat I broke down. Uh, I broke down this show and these uh, these movies uh, in some categories. Uh, the movies that will be covered on today's show, I kind of I ended up sorting them in a way that um, 
I didn't think about it till I started looking through my lists, and uh, here are some of the categories that these will cover. Uh, I'm going to call one of these categories Disney Spin Machine. Okay. Uh, another category is uh, USA. USA, because they are either patriotic movies or there's some depiction of American history uh, gone kind of wonky. Uh, there are some musicals in here. I also have another category called, called Ancient Times, uh, and uh, there's several in that one. And then I've got another category called Political Swerve. Uh, we'll talk about that. Let's go down the list uh, real quick encapsulated inside of these categories let me start with let me start with some lists first uh, that are encapsulated inside of these categories we have in political swerve we have a movie and these may or may not have made the list but we have some movies in this political swerve uh, one movie I want to talk about uh, J Edgar which is a Leonardo DiCaprio starred movie uh, that where he talks about uh, J Edgar Hoover and the history uh, JFK is another one. This is a uh, Oliver Stone movie. And then um, another movie I wanted to talk about is a Spielberg movie called The Post. And these, again, these all work in our political swerve category. Uh, I will talk, the, talk a little bit about that category a little bit more once I start to narrow down those movies. Uh, let's go to the Disney Spin Machine category. Uh, in that, I've included the movie Pocahontas, uh, Anastasia, and also... Uh, maybe a movie you've not seen, and it's a musical, so you kind of leave that up for debate. Uh, Newsies as well, but it would be a little bit of a stretch to put Newsies in that uh, based on the fact that, hey, really, uh, it's a musical about some kids that deliver newspapers, uh, but they work, and it's hard labor, etc., etc. Uh, in my USA, USA category, uh, obviously the Patriot, uh, I've got... Uh, uh, I almost said Braveheart. I've got uh, some other uh, movies here. Let me let me let me pull it up in my list here. Uh, kind of the Last Samurai, and then uh, Pearl Harbor uh, as well. Uh, that one also; those two also go in that category. Uh, I'll also include the Alamo in that one as well because there are some some odd moments in the Alamo. Uh, Ancient Times is another is the, the other category I wanted to cover. Uh, Alexander Al, the movie Alexander goes in that one. Uh, 10,000 B.C. goes in that one. And then I'm also going to include in ancient times Apocalypto, uh, basically because uh, Apocalypto uh, is about the Mayan culture. Is it really about the Mayan culture? Yeah, they use that dialect or that rough dialect that we think is what it sounded like. Uh, but really in Apocalypto, how much do we really know about this Mayan culture, especially one that allegedly has human sacrifice, which wasn't typical for the... Uh, for the uh, Mayan culture, it's more Aztec. And then 10,000 BC, uh, if you honestly historically inaccuracy is going to be a, at a must. There, they're working in tribes, but they have there's no written culture of any kind then. Uh, so really, what do we know about it? Uh, anyway, so here we go. Uh, let's talk about uh, my top 10 least historically accurate, uh, historically inaccurate movies. Uh, ever created, uh, and here we go, my number 10, it is another musical, it did not sort into a category, but I'm calling it, I'm not calling it, it is called, historical inaccuracies, the sound 
of music. That's right. Number 10, The Sound of Music. The Von Trapp family, uh, they are a great singing group. Uh, the father, uh, he is in charge of the family. He's very uh, firm and militaristic. He has to bring in a nanny to watch them. Uh, she teaches them how to sing again after their mother had died. Uh, some of the historical inaccuracies in this movie, we're really looking at the fact that uh, allegedly uh, the dad, pretty uh, fatherly figure, allegedly a good guy, and they kind of uh, they they kind of show him, especially for Hollywood purposes, they show him to be very uh, firm and stiff and uh, not open to them. Granted, they wanted to play him as a cold person who has lost his wife. And is dating this other person anyway, and he's having to deal with the fact that they're all dealing with Nazi Germany coming to Austria to uh, stop them. A big historical inaccuracy is the fact that the von Trapp family, and at the end of the movie, they're climbing over the Alps. Well, from Austria to climb over the Alps, they would just be walking into Nazi Germany. They wouldn't be escaping anything. They would just be walking into Nazi Germany. Uh, they actually escaped uh, by uh, rail car through Italy, but. That doesn't play quite as well, that mountain climbing thing in the end, uh, and in the uh, being at the, uh, oh, what am I thinking of, where the nuns are at, uh, in, their, uh, in the abbey, uh, looks a lot better on film. That was my number 10, uh, Edelweiss, uh, is a great song for the soundtrack, probably my number one song uh, from the movie. I remember being very little, hearing that song, and just loving it. Uh, not saying this is a really bad movie, but I'm saying historical inaccuracies. I'm going to put this number 10 on my list. That's right. Sound of Music, number 10. Number 9. This is Sparta. Yeah, that's right. 300. Uh, we have a phenomenal movie. Uh, if you are into what Zack Snyder does. Zack Snyder, most of this movie looks to be filmed on a soundstage somewhere. Uh, it's very gritty. Zack Snyder is very good at taking um, graphic novels and turning them into things. Um, I know Watchmen, he had a lot to do with that. He had a lot to do with this one. Uh, and I'm not saying it's not a fun movie to watch. It's just accuracy uh, is uh, flailing there. The 300 uh, really would have been closer to 7,000 because they used other people from other tribes. Also, the Spartans did have slaves. Uh, they rip on the on Xerxes and his crew for having slaves, but the Spartans had slaves too. Another historical inaccuracy is the fact that uh, they they really just wear loincloths. They don't they're not really wearing full body armor, which uh, the Spartans would have worn. Uh, all in all, though, an entertaining movie. Uh, there are no battle elephants. That's not a real thing. Uh, the Carthini uh, uh, Hannibal and uh, the Carth Carth Carthaginian Carthaginians. I'm saying that wrong. They used some elephants because they marched them over the Andes. Uh, but anyway, a whole other story. We're talking about the 300. Um, Gerard Butler, though, right? He's pretty He's pretty tough and awesome. Uh, he's in this movie. So anyway, 300, my number nine uh, historically inaccurate movie. Uh, again, not saying it's the worst uh, or it's horrible. Uh, there are parts that are ridiculous. But again, long story short, number nine, 300. My number eight movie, Braveheart. That's right. Um, this movie um, is kind of a uh, patchwork of characters. What you'll find uh, between Braveheart 
and uh, Apocalypse. Well, maybe not as much Apocalypto, but um, Braveheart and uh, the Patriot. Mel Gibson's characters sometimes are this patchwork of multiple people. William Wallace's character is no different in Braveheart. Some of the uh, some of the historical inaccuracies of Braveheart uh, would include the fact that he's wearing a kilt that's about 200 years uh, too early for him to be wearing a kilt. Um, also in Braveheart, uh, there's there's some there's some issues with. Uh, who he marries and who uh, and who the ch the, ch the child that he has uh, and it throws off a lot of issues. But again, Hollywood never uh, shies away from that. Uh, Mel Gibson sure can create a uh, story that's engaging. Uh, he's good at making history, and honestly, we could take several Mel Gibson films that he does that are historical and do the same kind of thing to it. But my number eight, Braveheart. Number seven, back-to-back -back Mel Gibson. We're just going to get it out of the way here, Apocalypto. Now, let's talk about Apocalypto. It's a uh, about the Mayan culture. Uh, it talks about and deals with human sacrifice. It deals with a great number of uh, weird, wild, and wacky things. And uh, really, the Mayan culture did not sacrifice people. They did turn on uh, some of the royalty-type people, and they would fillet them. But they never would sacrifice the peasant-type people. Uh, those are the people that would be doing the human sacrifice. And they're really just to kill off uh, leaders they didn't like. The Aztecs, now uh, historically the Aztecs, they would do some human sacrifice. And they were a more brutal culture. The Mayans, all indications point to the idea that they are, um, uh, they are a fairly peace-loving culture. Uh, it's just that I guess we know a little bit more about the Mayans, and uh, or maybe we know less, really, and Mel Gibson thought he could fill in the blank. Really, uh, the, the the most egregious thing, uh, I guess, really, if you're really breaking it down, is that, I guess, to play this off as a based on a true story or uh, based on true life, this really is, we don't know for sure, and it's just a story about this uh, this people. Uh, if you segue, and I'm not going to segue on, on the list yet, but if you talked about Pocahontas or Anastasia, those animated movies, it's almost similar because it's this uh, fictionalized, real-life sort of type thing uh, where they take it and uh, talk about things that they don't for sure know about. Uh, anyway, number seven that was Apocalypto. Mel Gibson. All right, number six. Answer me a question, folks. Do you enjoy brutal fight scenes? Do you like Russell Crowe in fight scenes? Well, our number six historically inaccurate, most historically inaccurate movie on Jack's horror movie podcast list is Gladiator. Now, again, I would tell you right now, I love watching this movie. But if you were to say... Jack, give me a horrible, or not horrible, sorry, <laughs> a historical movie that I could show to some people and say, here's a, here's a great movie about actual history. Gladiator fails uh, that test on, the, uh, on it. Maximus in the movie uh, is a general, yes, uh, historically. However, uh, in the movie, they play him off uh, as a general who then becomes a fighter, uh, this is, again, Ridley Scott movie, uh, very, very good director. Uh, he, uh, he's a character 
that uh, fought some, but really doesn't necessarily do that. You have uh, the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius uh, uh, is killed by his son Commodus in the in the movie, but in actuality he actually died of chickenpox because that was a deadly thing. Um, and then really Joaquin uh, Phoenix's uh, uh, portrayal of Commodus in the movie again. Remember he died of chickenpox, not by being stabbed by his son. Um, he uh, they they treat him as a cruel kind of weirdo, got some major issues, and allegedly historically he was considered a pretty pretty good dude. Um, anyway, um, so he uh, has a, uh, a a historical uh, the historical records a little bit skewed on this movie. Uh, again though, Ridley Scott's just taking movies and trying to piece it together and make a, a feature film out of it. So there it is. Uh, you get. My number six on the list, Gladiator. Russell Crowe as uh, Mar Ma Ma uh, Maximus. Sorry, not Marcus Aurelius, but Maximus. Um, let's do this. That was number six on our list of uh, most historically inaccurate movies by Hollywood. Let's talk about a few that did not make the list. These are not any on the... We're, we're, we're going number six uh, was Gladiator. Now, uh, we're not going to go to number five quite yet. But we are going to talk about uh, some of the movies that did not make the list. Uh, maybe some honorable mention. I mentioned this in the opening, uh, 10,000 B.C. It's a movie about uh, some cave people, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Early civilization. Uh, but again, it's a much like uh, Apocalypto, where we don't necessarily know about um, that culture that well. Especially if they don't have a written culture, it's pretty hard to nail down. Uh, what exactly uh, we're looking at. Um, we also have that did not make the list. Some of you may groan when I say this, but uh, from our Disney list, uh, or rewind, my Disney spin machine list, uh, Pocahontas. Didn't put Pocahontas on the list. <clears throat> it would be easy to say that uh, the John Smith um, and Pocahontas romance uh, seems like a great story. And since Pocahontas is a Disney princess, uh, we would want that to be the case. Not the case at all. Allegedly, history, uh, the story goes, she's throwing herself on top of uh, John Smith uh, to save his life. But we're not sure if maybe lost in translation was the fact that po Pocahontas may have just been becoming adopted by this family. And uh, that was what you did whenever uh, the settler people came through to uh, take, take you on. Uh, she ended up marrying this uh, John Rolfe character and uh, was taught was taught some English. And she actually, the character of Pocahontas, they changed her name to an English name. And she, then she died when she was 22 or 23. So there's Pocahontas for you. Didn't make the list, though, uh, even though there's a lot of glaring problems. Uh, not necessarily a Disney movie, but Anastasia. Um, a movie that uh, it talks about the Romanovs and the Romanovs being killed. and uh, I, uh, and then Anastasia surviving, but she, um, again, it's basically historical fiction because one, all signs point to her, uh, being killed and, um, and not surviving that, uh, that thing. Uh, anyway, I, um, 
It was actually uh, produced by uh, a Walt Disney feature animators, Don Bluth and Gary Goldman, uh, for Fox. So it wasn't a Disney movie, but again, Anastasia, some major, major just lo some things, there was some real reaches done. Uh, that's Anastasia. Did not make our list. Uh, again, these are movies we, we that did not make our list. Another one I'm going to tell you right now from our USA, USA, uh, I, I should chant, sorry folks, USA. USA from that category. Uh, the Patriots uh, did not make the list. Um, colonial, colonial times. Um, anytime you uh, throw colonial times in there, uh, and it's not about the meat and potatoes, George Washingtons of the world, or the John Adams, uh, Ben Franklin, uh, Alexander Hamilton, you and you skew to another person that was a patriot. Uh, it could be uh, a little bit rough territory. Uh, this character was no different. Uh, the Patriots. Alamo did not make our list either. Uh, the Davy Crockett story, I don't know if you guys watched it, but growing up I loved Davy Crockett, the TV show uh, that Disney produced. So much fun. Mike Fink was a river pirate. Uh, Sam, Sam Bowie? Is that right? Or is he a basketball player? Uh, not David Bowie. But anyway, uh, Bowie, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? Anyway, uh, with his big knife. And he and uh, our friend uh, Davy Crockett just had all kinds of adventures. It was great. Alamo, similar kind of thing. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton plays uh, Davy Crockett, which, you know, really, Davy Crockett from Kentucky and uh, Billy Bob Thornton from, from Arkansas, that's not that big of a stretch, right? That's not too bad. Anyway, uh, Alamo did not make our list. Also, it did not make our list. Uh, I mentioned them in the opener as well. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover. All right, re rewind. The movie is called J. Edgar, uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. And I, uh, as much as I felt like that movie was really a, uh, almost a, trying to give some redemptive qualities to J. Edgar Hoover, which was uh, interesting to say the least, uh, because the guy, uh, you know, he started the FBI. Uh, it's produced, it's directed by uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, Clint Eastwood normally does some really good work in in that realm. Uh, but they kind of make uh, J. Edgar out to be a little bit of a, uh, uh, of a hero. And I guess in some people's minds, maybe, um, maybe he was a hero. But he also did some pretty salacious things. Uh, you know, it's a, a, alleged that he was you know, trying to help fix elections at some level and that sort of thing. And as we know, uh, nowadays in our political climate, that's a big no-no. We're not going to make sure we don't do that, right? Um, tagging off that, JFK, uh, which is another Oliver Stone movie. Uh, okay, so JFK, uh, based on, the, based on you know, the JF, JFK in general, just all the knowledge we have on JFK, Delivered uh, kind of as a research-based movie, but then there are some leaps in some of the uh, some of the things that happen in the movie that come off more conspiracy than anything else. And so your uh, the, the connective tissue of the movie is held together by the, these leaps in uh, information to uh, shell it out or to flush it out. Anyway, JFK did not make our list. Uh, let's go with one more off of our did not. Uh, make list, and I'm going to go with, drumroll please, Newsies. Now, again, probably a stretch, Jack, right, for uh, us to, or me to uh, pick and say that Newsies uh, 
has you have any expectations of it uh, other than just a historical, you know, kind of sidebar using history as a backdrop. And in a lot of these movies that are on my list, yeah, they're just using history as a backdrop and they're fleshing out the information underneath of it or on top of the backdrop. You know, another movie that could be uh, – that would then fit into the same Newsies category uh, would be The Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman about P.T. Barnum, uh, I'm sure all – you know, in, in all accounts about P.T., yeah, he probably has a, a, a nicer side to him. But P.T. Barnum, I mean, he was running a circus, um, you know, back in the late 1800s, early, 19, early 1900s. This guy is not going to uh, be a, the nicest of person – a nicest person. And he's gonna do some things probably that uh, aren't aren't as popular. And if you if you view the things that P.T. Barnum did uh, back then in today's lens and the uh, current era lens, yeah, you're probably gonna you're probably not gonna like what you see. Uh, but we do that more and more, where we look at the past and hopefully we learn from our mistakes in the past. Uh, we we try, but we can't sit here and and try to. Uh, uh, it's hard to glorify a guy that did the things that old P.T. Barnum did. But again, for history, that's why it's history, right? Uh, and if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. There it is. There's my lessons for you kids. Uh, P.T. Barnum uh, and uh, Greatest Showman did not make our list of most historically inaccurate. Really, because it and Newsy both, uh, Newsies both are musical. I, of course, I did use Sound of Music to start the list out, didn't I? Anyway, I digress. Back to our list. Number five on the Least historically accurate, the uh, historically inaccurate uh, top ten list of movies ever created. My number five, and this is my number five, based on my opinion. So, you know, tweet in at one whole movie and tell me your opinion when you hear this episode. What what are, what's your list? Why was my list wrong? Uh, or send me an email, Jack at the whole movie podcast dot com. Love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. Tell me your list. Share your list. Number five on my list of most historically inaccurate movies, Alexander. That's right. It's a movie, folks. And I didn't put Troy on this list either. Could have talked about that. We just don't know a whole lot about uh, ancient Greece. Alexander, The movie Alexander, at least, is based on a character we're pretty sure existed. And it was a real person. Uh, son of Philip the Great. Uh, he was classically trained by... Uh, he was classically trained by... Was it Socrates? I'm gonna get this wrong. I should have looked that up. Uh, or Homer. I always get them wrong. Was was the original one? Let's go. Alexander the Great. Gonna look this up, folks. This is a great audio. Alexander the Great. Anyway, this is a person that basically from the get go uh, was raised up. Uh, he's the king of Macedonia. To raised up uh, to become king of a large area. His dad was Philip II. Um, he really conquered. A large majority of the uh, known world. It drove him crazy, though, to to be um, uh, to to not be able to conquer all the world because he just kept he kept exploring. Alexander the Great did, and he kept exploring, and then um, he uh, realized there's more and more world to conquer. Um, but anyway, he uh, as a as a kid, uh, Aristotle is the person that taught that, that taught uh, Alexander the Great. And history for kids here, uh, Aristotle, uh, Aristotle uh, 
along the same lines as Plato, along the same lines as Socrates, that uh, ancient Greek uh, knowledge, Alexander was uh, tutored and taught by Aristotle. So he's uh, very well-to-do. His dad was the king, King Philip of Macedonia. He becomes King uh, Alexander of, of Macedonia, and he goes on a uh, manifest destiny like nobody's business. He's taking over land. Uh, he's cutting them down. You're either assimilating, assimilating into that culture or you're going away. Uh, but this movie plays him, uh, well, in a way, obviously they, they've had to paint him in a certain way. They paint him in a uh, suffering artist's way at, at points. He really was just a conquering dude that was going to roll into town, uh, take everybody out that he needed to. Very intelligent. Uh, modern strategy is still based off a lot of Alexander's, uh, the things that he did. Uh, he was taught by some of the great military people of the time. Um, has a tie-in to, to ancient Egypt. Alexander has got a just a ton of... Uh, a ton of backdrop should make for an easy, easy to do movie. But for me, Alexander the movie didn't have the teeth that that person uh, would have had. Alexander, as a conqueror, would have been a just a dastardly dude. Uh, he followed along some of the same teachings that Sargon. If you know anything about ancient Mesopotamia, uh, but Sargon, uh, you know, has, has has is said to have dipped his sword uh, in both sides of the known world, which back then would have been, uh, what, the Persian Gulf and the Dead Sea and then uh, the Black Sea. But with that said, uh, Alexander just kept conquering and conquering and conquering. And eventually, uh, he, he forms, uh, forms a government that, uh, ancient Greece, uh, uh, adhere to. And then, uh, over time, uh, ancient, the, uh, the Roman Empire, uh, ascends to he just the the portrayal my, I guess my biggest knock on this movie is the portrayal of Alexander as a a, a meek kind of laid back guy at times no th this is a guy that would have been a dominator of people uh anyway there you go my number five on my list of of least historically accurate movies movies with historical inaccuracies uh number five Alexander number four now this may be problematic for some people. If you know the full story of it, uh, you would understand it. Uh, and if you do any research about it, you'll understand it. But my number four movie on the list of historically inaccurate movies, uh, to me, is surprising that this movie uh, would have historical inaccuracies to the level that it does. My number four movie on my list is The Post. Now, let me talk about The Post. Um, the Post is a movie uh, that, it, it's named The Post after The Washington Post, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, and uh, it's a movie that stars Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. Now, Meryl Streep plays the first female publisher of a major movie, Katherine Graham, and Tom Hanks plays uh, Ben Bradley, who is the executive editor editor of the Washington Post. Those are real facts, real real stuff. Now, basically, the Post uh, is known for breaking uh, doc classified documents that uh, are talking about the involvement of the U.S. in the Vietnam War, and it's very salacious. 
Because at the time, uh, coming out of World War II, even through the Korean War, the U.S. government and the media, in a lot of ways, tried to stay in stride and produce some of the same messages. I'm not feuding, uh, disputing that. The media doesn't have to do what the government wants. It. That's, a, that's how dictators, uh, dictatorships work, uh, is the propaganda that uh, the media would spit out, uh, you know, pumping the government up and yada, yada, yada. I'm not saying that. Uh, the media has rights just like uh, anybody else, uh, right to free press. But with that said, the movie is called The Post. Uh, the people that actually broke all these government classified documents and did all of the work for this is the New York Times. Um, and so in this movie, uh, it, it makes a lot of, uh, there's, it raises a lot of questions based on the fact that the Washington Post had, I mean, had a little bit to do with it, but honestly had very little to do with um, the story in the way that they do it. Um, James Goodall, uh, uh, rewind, uh, reporter for the Times, uh, Neil Sheehan gets a lot of uh, credit, um, and that, that there was a combination of groups working together, but there are people, um, example here, uh, there's a, a character named Ellsberg in the movie that leaks information to um, Neil Sheehan, and the, the New York Times gets no credit for those leaks, and they're the ones that had a, an actual um, court case against the U.S. government uh, to get more media access to those documents, and the New York Times is the group that really went to bat. The Post, honestly, I'm just going to say this, is the only reason The Post, is it's, the movie is called The Post, and it's about The Post. I mean, Jeff Bezos owns, is it, wait, rewind, Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, I don't know if I can say that on the internet and uh, not get erased from the internet, but he owns Amazon. He also owns the Washington Post. Is there a chance that that's the the push? Did Spielberg? I mean, I'm not trying to talk conspiracies here, but is there a chance that Spielberg's like, well, it doesn't do us any good to promote the New York Times as much. Maybe we can just talk about the Post because they were involved a little bit. It's just odd to me uh, that this was the uh, push. This was the push for uh, this movie. Again, it's called the Post, and it's critically acclaimed. But it really wasn't even about the Post. The story really isn't. Now, the movie is. But it really is about the New York Times, it's, who historically did all the things that are, are in the movie. Odd to me. Very odd. So, number, number four on the list, uh, the Post. Let's talk this real quick. Let's talk about my next movie. Um, it is another movie. Uh, it goes into my category that I called USA. USA. Uh, and this movie... Is a movie. Uh, I a couple times on our show we've had um, movies by this guy. Uh, very recently, actually, we had a movie by this guy, and uh, this movie is The Last Samurai. Number three, The Last Samurai. Number three on my list is The Last Samurai. Edward Zwick uh, directed this movie. Uh, he has done several movies. Uh, these big time film guy and. Uh, 
can't fault him for some of the things he's done. He did Blood Diamond. He did do Jack Reacher Never Go Back. And we have done that one on our show. If you have not heard that episode, go back in our archives and listen to uh, Jack Reacher Never Go Back. But um, here we are, uh, The Last Samurai. It's about a uh, Civil War soldier that uh, ends up in, well, in, in Japan in the 19th century. Um, and it is about the Satsuma Rebellion. Uh, that's a real thing. Um, that really, uh, the push in it is uh, the French are technically in real life, they were actually the people that were, um, the French were the people that were pushing Japan at the time, but it's treated like the U.S. is uh, trying to attack uh, this part of Japan at the time and try to conquer it a little bit. Again, here we go. But the uh, character in the movie that he plays, um, Nathan Algren, uh, again, he uh, was part of the Civil War, uh, part of the American uh, Indian War, and then he is brought to Japan to try to help um, stop uh, these forces from taking over their country. And, uh, yeah, kind of odd. There are ninjas in the movie. Uh, ninjas weren't in use in Japan at the time. But you know what American audiences love, folks? Ninjas. And uh, I think that the Civil War soldier uh, becoming um, and a samurai is as equally as believable. We could almost say historically accurate, uh, the, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja, uh, and Chris Farley as Haru of the Takadura Dojo. Uh, that's a, that's also historically accurate as well. Anyway, with all that said, uh, my number three on the list, on my list, the last, a samurai starring Tom Cruise as a samurai. And uh, pretty unbelievable. Ridiculous. Uh, also, Oh, by the way, also, uh, they play the samurais up to being, they're using swords, but they would have at this time had guns and uh, been able to protect themselves with guns. But again, doesn't play as well for these guys to have guns. They're samurais. Obviously, they're one, you know, a couple years away from being ninjas. Uh, but they have to use swords, I guess. So, anyway, there you go. Number three, The Last Samurai. I spend a lot of time on the next two. Uh, before I do that, uh, if you want to help support our show, uh, go to patreon.com slash studiodna. That's our Patreon. Uh, for $3 a month, you can get this feed of this podcast early. You can get our normal pre-show early. And you get access to all the other shows that are on the network. Uh, we have Sif uh, Pop with Aaron Dicer. Uh, and Andrew Ormsby also guests on that show. We have, uh, obviously, the Horror Movie Podcast, uh, where we talk about a horror movie every week. Uh, this week, like I said, we have a very special episode. We're talking about the worst uh, or the most historically inaccurate movie. That's the Horror Movie Podcast. Um, Peruse the News, which is uh, updated topics uh, weekly. We have uh, New Music Digest, uh, where Aaron Dyster and Danae Hughes break down uh, a, a movie. Uh, not Rewind, not movie. Uh, new New Music. And then we also have uh, Corey Mann with uh, What Then, where he uh, talks to celebrities and uh, music folks. It's great stuff. Anyway, but yeah, uh, you want to be part of our network, uh, patreon.com slash studio DNA um, to find out more. So, yeah, got to love it. <clears throat> also, uh, if you want to call into the show sometime, 
and leave a message, 417-319-4677. Uh, that's the horrible movie phone. And, uh, yeah. Uh, without further ado, let's get to the number two on our list of most historically inaccurate movies. Number two, Pearl Harbor. That's right. Do you trust Ben Affleck, folks, to give a historical accurate a portrayal of something. I don't know of any other movies he plays a historical figure in. Argo. He's in Argo. That's another one that did not make the list that probably could have. Uh, Canadians didn't get any credit, by the way, in Argo, and they should have. But anyway, I digress. But uh, Ben Affleck, um, as a World War II uh, soldier, uh, and Pearl Harbor really is only historical by name. We've got... Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt standing up out of his wheelchair uh, to give a speech. Uh, back then, they wouldn't even let anyone see him in his wheelchair, uh, let alone him standing up in his wheelchair. He had uh, major health issues, uh, polio issues, etc. Just had some real problems. Uh, you also have this whole uh, dynamic of they're on the ship, they get blown off the ship. He's they're apart for years. I, I as a love story, I hate it. Um, Josh Hartnett uh, was hard for me to watch in this movie and um, I just don't like this movie at all but uh, Pearl Harbor though I, I have heard it called and considered by some the most historically inaccurate movie um, and it probably is my number one will might maybe surprise some of you but I've got a whole rant about it and I really want someone to come on my show and uh, do this movie that I'm going to do for uh, number one. Uh, but anyway, Pearl Harbor, you know, the budget for Pearl Harbor was one, one, $140 million, and the box office was $449 million. So it made money. Uh, it's directed by uh, a guy named Michael Bay. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, Michael Bay has done all kinds of movies, uh, has done uh, the Transformers movies. If it's big budget, Michael Bay is all over it. Uh, so for Michael Bay to do a historically accurate movie, that would probably be a stretch for him anyway. Jerry Bruckheimer, and he's on there. He um, he brought you the very historically accurate National Treasure movies. Uh, those are true stories as well. Uh, actually, the National Treasure movies actually may have more truth in them uh, than Pearl Harbor does, to be honest. Uh, Pearl Harbor, though. Josh Hartnett, Ben Affleck, Kate Beckinsale's in it. Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, plays a role in there that I'm not as big a fan of. John Boyd also in this. Him and Jerry Bruckheimer must be good buddies because John Boyd's also uh, in the National Treasure movies. Um, so it was released May 25th, 2001. I can't believe it was that long ago. So crazy. Uh, won a lot of awards. Uh, nominated for six Razzies, for including Worst Picture. Um, it also won an Academy Award, though. And it's the first time that a movie... Uh, uh, worst, it was nominated for Worst Picture for a Razzie and won an Academy Award. Why did it win an Academy Award? Is that Michael Bay's only Academy Award? It must be. I don't know. Anyway, long story short, there it is, folks. That's right. Pearl Harbor, your number two movie on the list. Number one. Some of you, if you don't like it, I guess you can just email in. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now. My... And maybe by me doing this movie, uh, it will it, it it will make you say, well, 
you know, we don't expect this to be um, historically accurate. Or, oh, it's not like a historical about the country or about a country or a, a, an event per se. Um, but my, woo, my number one movie on this list, folks, is a movie that's based on a novel that, um, for me, is the worst because of uh, the way it portrays a certain character in the movie. And that movie, ladies and gentlemen, is a little-known movie called The Blind Side. That's right. My number one movie on, the, on, on this list of worst, or not not worst, most historically inaccurate movies is The Blind Side. And you ask, well, Jack, why The Blind Side? Why is it the most historically inaccurate movie? Well, here's the deal. Um, directed by John Lee Hancock. Uh, screenplay by John Lee Hancock. Based on the book, The Blind Side, Evolution of a Game by Michael Lewis. Uh, the movie stars Sandra Bullock, Tim McGraw, uh, and um, some other great uh, people. And a guy named Quentin Aaron. I am not faulting in this at all. The acting uh, of Sandra Bullock. I'm not faulting the acting of Tim McGraw, and I'm definitely not faulting the uh, acting of Quentin Aaron. But I'm going to tell you right now, the portrayal of Michael Orr, the kid who Quentin Aaron is playing, who, by the way, if you want to Google Michael Orr, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, or O-H-E-R, Okay, Michael Orr plays football in the NFL. He is uh, was an NBA, uh, NCAA, not everyone. He's an NCAA football player. Plays football in the NFL. Uh, a beast, folks. This guy is a physical specimen. Has always been a physical specimen. Did not need the Tui family to teach him how to be a physical specimen. I give great uh, kudos. To the Tui family, to helping helping out a person like him that was in need. But the way Hollywood took this story from the book, and even and even the way that it's portrayed, Michael Orr himself, the NFL player, um, he was portrayed as a complete. I'm gonna say this. I'm not saying he is. They treated him like a buffoon. Like he didn't know anything about sports. Like he needed them to do everything for him. And like he had no athleticism. And that the athleticism that he did have had never been tapped into. Nothing. And I mean nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing. This is a person, Michael Orr, as a freshman in high school, was an all-state football player. All-state basketball player, not a person that is needing to be taught a stance, a football stance, a offensive or defensive lineman stance by Sandra Bullock's character. Not only that, the head football coach of Briarcrest School, which is in Memphis, real place, that uh, Michael Orr attended, and the Tuies were big parts of that community. And still are. And I think all signs point to the Tuies being a really nice people. Um, but 
they've got Sandra Bullock's character out there telling the high school coach how he should be doing things. Folks, listen to me. The high school coach for this team is a guy named Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze went on to become the head football coach at Arkansas State University. And then you go, well, it's Arkansas State University. It's still a big school. Okay, how about this? He then became the head coach at Old Miss, the school that Michael Orr ended up attending. Now, this that was he was an assistant at Old Miss. Michael Orr went away, uh, went to the NFL. Hugh Freeze becomes an, uh, becomes the head coach at at Arkansas State. He ends up at Old Miss. Has a great coaching career at Old Miss. Now, I will say this about Hugh. Hugh ran into some problems and had some issues, and I'm not going to go into that. But I'm telling you right now, Hugh Freeze, as far as being a coach goes, doesn't need Sandra Bullock's character telling him what he should be doing. He wouldn't even, she wouldn't even get anywhere near the, near the field to be screaming uh, at him to tell him what he should do. Um, it's amazing. And then for Michael Orr, literally, they 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 pull him off the streets at what's essentially his senior year. He's walking down the highway. They've got to help him out. He doesn't know any better. He's just that couldn't be anywhere further from the truth. Michael Orr, a solid student, a good person, uh, that's very intelligent, and he um, was a great athlete. Like I said, all state from his freshman year through senior year in basketball and football. So, as a senior, he's getting out. He's told, "Why don't you get down in the stance and show me what you can do?" He gets down in the squatty-looking frog stance. He wouldn't have done that as a fourth grader because he was a great athlete. He would have known better. But again, Hollywood, thank you so much, Hollywood. We know you. We think that you think we are all completely clueless about life, and you have to direct us to show us that you know you know best. I mean, you couldn't have found this movie to me is the most historically inaccurate movie because it makes people out to be total idiots that other folks, again, not Sandra Bullock, not even the Tui family, but the character that she is portraying is in that movie. She has to solve everyone's problems. And I just go, yeah, the Tui family helped this kid out and has helped other many people out in that area of Memphis and that area of the state. But man, you couldn't have asked for a more historically inaccurate one. Sorry to go on a little rant there. I just, I'm always aggrieved uh, whenever Hollywood uh, makes people out to be complete morons. When, if they would just delve into it and make a story, they could have made a more, I don't know, accurate story. Maybe that's entertaining to people to watch someone have to suffer through something and then uh, here comes someone else to save them. Everybody's got to have someone save them in a movie, I guess. And so she played the character of the person that has to save them. So anyway, there it is, folks. Uh, my top ten least historically accurate list. Let's go down it again. Number ten, The Sound of Music. Edelweiss, Edelweiss. Let's walk across the Alps into Nazi Germany. When in actuality, they would have walked down some train tracks to Italy. Uh, number nine, 300. Uh, this is Sparta. That's what I say. This is Sparta. Number eight, Braveheart. Uh, William Wallace. That's William Wallace. He's wearing a kilt. 
300 years before he should have. Number seven, Apocalypto. Here's a movie based on a true story uh, that we think. We don't know. We have no way of telling. Number six, Gladiator. That's right. He was a general. Now he's a gladiator. Uh, and that's actually not really what happened. But that's okay. It's Gladiator. Thanks, Russell Crowe. Number five, Alexander. He's a heartfelt. He's a He is a world dominator with a heart of gold. Number four, The Post. Should have been called The Times. Should have been called The Times for the New York Times, not for the Washington Post. Who knows why they did that? Made more sense. I don't know. Thanks, Meryl Streep. Number three, The Last a Samurai. That's right. We could have used guns. We're going to use swords. And we need a Civil War soldier uh, to help save our country of Japan from the foreign American invaders, which actually were French invaders. I digress. Number two, uh, Pearl Harbor. Josh Hartnett, Ben Affleck, they love the same gal. By golly jeepers. And we got blown off of uh, a ship into uh, by Hawaii. It's Pearl Harbor. And we've got to spend years getting back to her. And we're in love. Number one, The Blind Side. Michael Orr it just couldn't do anything himself. Wasn't allowed to. Sandra Bullock's character had to be there to save him. Uh, he didn't know any better. Never learned how to do anything. Thank the Lord. Sandra Bullock uh, taught him how to be a football player. Again, not taking away from the Tuies. So, Tuies, if you hear this, I love you. I uh, hope you understand. Not really ripping on you. Just ripping on the way you were portrayed in the movie. That would that would irk me. If you portrayed the whole movie podcast, uh, the movie, and uh, it was played Jack as a super, uh, super uh, ugly, uh, hideous person... When in all actuality, I'm the most attractive person you've ever met. Anyway, I digress. We can't all be beautiful, can we, folks? But anyway, um, that's a great, that's a wrap for the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. That is my top ten least historically accurate movies ever perpetrated on us by Hollywood. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I know not my typical episode, uh, but it's summertime and I like to mix it up. Go out, check these movies out. Send me your list of historically inaccurate movies. Jack at thehorribleviepodcast.com. That's my email. Go to uh, Twitter at One Horrible Movie. Send me your list. Go to Facebook. Uh, uh, that's just search The Horrible Movie Podcast uh, on Facebook. And you'll find us there. Call 417-319-4677. I'll put you on the show. Love you much. See you soon. Take care. Uh, keep it real or don't keep it at all. So cute. Bye-bye. The Horror Movie Podcast is heard weekly on great stations like 88.1 KZ88, South Central Missouri's Public Radio, 104.1 Caps Media in Ventura, California, 103.5 WADR, Janesville, Wisconsin, and 105.5 KFGM, Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula. The Horror Movie Podcast is available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at the thehorribmoviepodcast.com.